Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. This is Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, and you are listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I am so excited today to have my guest. Her name is Kristen Judge. She's the founder of the nonprofit organization, Cyber Crime Support Network, which is a powerful voice for cyber crime victims. She's been seen on C-SPAN and local news stations, and she's been highlighted in technology publications, including SC Magazine and Government Technology. She shares best practices for online safety. She's a national speaker, and she also has a LinkedIn course, everybody, Cybersecurity for Small and Medium-Sized Businesses Essential Training. Kristen, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Melinda. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, you know what? I was so excited when your folks reached out to me because I keep hearing about cyber scams, especially, you know, COVID and everything going on. And I've been talking to small business owners who had other people who try to collect their unemployment. I mean, there's just so much stuff going on that I was like, wow, this person is an expert in this. Let's talk about it. So let's, let's just talk about from your vantage point, what is the current state of small business cyber crime? Uh, it's a mess. Unfortunately, small business owners are so focused on what they do best, which is running their small business. And now they have how to keep their small business alive because of COVID, many of them. And unfortunately, the bad guys always take advantage when there's stress happening. Like when there's a hurricane, they'll jump onto that. When a star passes away, they'll jump on and do scams on that. Well, COVID has been a treasure trove for bad guys. And they know the small businesses are hurting. So they are coming in like tenfold. Wow. Wow. And I, I actually was mentioning to you before we got started, my business actually was a victim of a COVID-19 scam. I was scammed by some folks based in Sweden, but it actually turned out to be people who were in the U.S., Sweden, actually in Hong Kong were involved in this major scam that happened in my business. And we ended up losing over $100,000 as a result of a business scam that came to us. And so, that's the other reason why I was really interested in talking to you because the way the scam worked that the folks that came at me was they approached me like brands approached me to do business. I mean, they, they yeah. actually appro approached me about doing a video project for a brand and provoke, you know, to, pr to promote COVID-19 businesses. Like they wanted me to encourage businesses worldwide. They also said that, you know, they wanted me to give tips and everything. And they also wanted me to encourage people to be generous during COVID-19. So they actually agreed to pay me extra money, an extra $100,000 that they wanted me to donate and then talk about in the video. So that's so, and honestly, I didn't think a whole lot of it because it was a reputable organization. They had a beautiful website. And, you know, I have since realized a couple of key things that we missed. But for me, you know, how their scam worked is they sent me a, a six-figure cashier's check that was fraudulent. So I went to my business bank. I deposited this account. And because I've been in business for 20 years, my bank cleared that check overnight. 
And then there, and then there was the request that I send the money off to the charity because I was recording my video and they wanted me to show my paid invoice in the video. And so I wired a hundred thousand dollars to a fraudulent charity in Hong Kong on completely. And this happened early on in COVID and I didn't even realize that it was fraudulent. But the first initial contact was on email, the way they contacted me. They literally went through my website and, you know, how to contact me. I followed up with them, had numerous calls, numerous Zoom calls with these people. So it was yeah. no one tried to hide their identity. Right, right. And lo and behold, they were actually fronting for a family charity in Sweden, the founders of the H&M clothing department stores. So they had taken logos and things off of those people's actual family foundation site and created a whole nother website under the name of the foundation in Sweden. You know, so you don't really have a way to go check because unless you speak Swedish, like, you know, but their website was completely in English, you know, and it was beautiful and they had all these events. I mean, they looked like they had been running for quite a few years when, in fact, it was completely a scam. So I say all that to say you have to if something sounds too good to be true, guys, it is. It is. These people sent me a sixty five thousand dollars fraudulent check that bounced within four days through my account. But. For four days, you know, things were running wild and it had no idea. And so I say all that to say that you just have to be really careful, but I'm sure I'm, I'm not the professional you are. So I want, I want you to talk about, you know, how can a small business be cyber resilient? Like how, how, how can we protect ourselves from these, these, you know, soulless thieves that would come after our businesses? They're some of the most disgusting people in the world. I'll say that a hundred times. But Melinda, that you're doing the exact thing that we need you to do. Like you're way more important in this conversation than I am. Because if we don't have smart, intelligent business people like you come out and say, look, this happened to me. And then other people will say, oh, you know what? It happened to me too. And then we can have the real dialogue. You know, and I think back to domestic violence before we had the Violence Against Women Act. You know, when I was younger, people were embarrassed to say it was happening. And then we said, you know what, community? It's okay. You can come out because we're going to help you. And this is not right. And we called it out. And the victims felt like they could come out. I feel like cybersecurity victims, cybercrime victims are sort of on that same trajectory. People are starting to say, you know what? I'm not the only one this has happened to. I can talk to someone else. And we really want to make sure that we're treating them as carefully as we do domestic violence victims, because this not only hurts you emotionally, sometimes physically, you can't you know, pay for your electric bill or your food, but this can devastate people's retirements, their businesses. So it's so important, number one, that people talk about it. So using your platform to talk about it is huge for the community. So what I like to tell people is there's a couple simple things that you should always be aware of. And we created a website with Google recently called scamspotter.org for this exact reason. Okay. And I, I, get, I use an analogy for people. So if someone comes to your front door right now, remember how nobody comes to your front door and just knocks? We don't answer it, right? <laughs> like that's like the big joke is in 2020, if someone knocks on your door, you like run and hide and hope they didn't see you, right? And so you don't want to answer the door if someone knocks on your door and says, oh, can you give me money? Can you do something for me? But if you knock on their door, let's say you have to do business with someone who's legitimate, you knocked on their door, then it's okay to exchange money because you started the initiated, the organism, the relationship. But if someone starts a relationship with you and then asks you to give them money 
unless it's something that you like, you know, you had to buy it, you're buying a new microphone, you're buying a new, you know, whatever it may be, a car and you initiated it with them, can't send money to strangers. And it's, that is one of the underlying things that happens every single time. You're sending money to a stranger who approached you first. And that's called spear phishing in your case, because you are the owner of the company. They did their research. It sounds like they looked at your website. They watched oh, your podcast. They absolutely. They knew everything they, about you. They knew all kinds of things about me and they knew how I did business with corporations. So yeah. even the dollar figure that they offered me was not out of this world because that's the kind of, of fees that I'm paid to do some of the work that I do. I right. mean, it was a little bit elevated because they were like, we're going to give you this extra, you know, $100,000 to give away too. And you don't even have to give your own money. We're going to give it to you to give away. And like I said, I never knew that cashier's checks weren't cash. I didn't realize that they were checks like any other kind of check. And that just because somebody gives you a cashier's check, there are tons and tons of fraudulent cashier's checks out here, which is something that I never knew ever in my whole life. I had no idea. I thought cashier's check meant cash. It does not. And so you have- That's how we grew up thinking that, like that was like official kind of thing. But now people are just- you know, making fraudulent ones all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, but this is, this is why we started our nonprofit. We realized that there are small business owners like you and consumers who are being impacted by cybercrime, but they don't know where to go when it happens. Who do you call? What's the first place you go to? If you call 911, if you've been a victim of a romance scam or a business scam, they're going to say, I don't know how to help you. So we're helping 911 by having our resources available to them. So, you know, we need to make sure that people know there's one place to go to start. If you go to fraudsupport.org and you tell them what type of victimization you've been impacted by, it'll tell you who to report to, who to call, what the next steps are, and then how to recover. And it's really important. If people lose a high dollar figure, sometimes $65,000 could be enough, $100,000, your local FBI office, they want to know that. And they may be able to pull the money back if they can get a call from you soon enough. So we have to just make it so easy for people to find the right person to talk to the first time. And so we're building a national program in partnership with the Department of Homeland Security. They funded us to build a national network so we can have one number for everybody in the country to call and get to the help they need. They do that in Israel, Australia, Canada, and the UK. We're a little bit behind our partners big surprise that we're a little bit behind in the U.S. <laughs> these days with anything. So so this is really important. So you said fraudsupport.org and the other website you put was scamspotter.org as well. Is yes. And the difference is, yes, yeah, scam spotters, if you want to just, if you think I might be getting scammed, let me do a little checklist here. How do I know if this is real or not? And we talk about COVID scams on there, romance scams, and then good news and bad news scams. Yours was a good news scam. We want to help people. We're going to give to charity. This is great. You want a lottery, whatever it may be. And then we give people three golden rules to make sure that they are not a victim. So the first is to, it's, if it's got an urgency to it, it's probably a scam. The second is stop and check it out. Like you, you did your homework. You looked at their website though. You did all those kinds of things. But could you then have thought, did they approach you versus you approach them? But again, you get people that approach you with, with business information all the time. This is how good the bad guys are getting. You know, so, and then the third thing is never send gift cards. And I think what we need to add in there too, as I'm going to after talking to you is never accept money if you're supposed to then turn it around and give it to someone else. That's what we really have to focus on. Don't accept money for someone 
and then give it to someone else. You're basically laundering money for them. It basically, that's exactly what what it is. So I think it's really important what you just said, because I, I you know, <laughs> I mean, it's almost like don't send money to strangers. Boom. Like, like that's actually. Don't take candy from strangers. Right, right. Like, like our moms take, taught us when we were little, car, right? Yeah, don't get in the car with strangers. Don't, don't send money to strangers. Never send gift yeah. cards. If it sounds, if the email sounds urgent, like remember back when there was all yes. these scams, like, oh, your mother's been kidnapped over here or, or, you know, lost all her credit cards and please send money to help her get home. Still happens. Though, it still though, happens. Though, that's still out there. That scam is still out there. Well, let me tell you what people do. They follow the obituaries and I didn't, I didn't ever experience it until just recently when a dear family member passed away. A week after the obituary was live, this person got a call and said, this is your grandson. And here's my name. It was the right name. And I'm in this state where someone had just passed away because it was all in the obituary. It had all these names and everything. You look up someone's phone number. They've been married 61 years. Of course, they're worried about their grandson. And then they say, oh, I'm in a car accident. I'm not on my phone, but I need you to wire me money right away. Well, of course, what does a grandma do if her right. grandson's in her, right? right? Fortunately, this person knew me and, and a friend of theirs had told them it had happened to them already. And she thought of her friend and said, you know what? I'm going to call my grandson and see if he's actually home or not. And she, she hung up on that guy, called him some names, and then called her grandson and realized he wasn't there. But they followed the obituaries. So this, wow. is, this is how awful these people are. And then if, if someone's just lost their loved one, they'll go friend them on Facebook and then they'll try and say, oh, I love you. You know, I just lost my wife. You just lost your husband. I'm Catholic too. I also love dogs and we both have two daughters. Look at that. I'm in love with you, but I live in Brazil. I need to have an operation before I can come marry you. And people lose millions and millions wow. of dollars. Wow. Wow. So, so the romance scams are big too? It's number one right now. Really? Number one. Yeah. It is, it's because people are lonely too, you know, and you've got small business owners who are also maybe single and sitting at home and they can't go to work. And so they're trying to find people online to make relationships with, but a lot of those profiles are fake people. They're bad guys trying to convince you they love you. And then they ask for money again, never send money to a stranger. Don't get in a car with strangers. Don't get in the car with strangers. All right. So let's talk about the one other kind of cyber attack that we suffered maybe about a year ago. We didn't really suffer it because we realized it was stupid when it was sent. We were sent a ransomware demand and the person actually had my login to my computer. Like the person really scared me because I thought it was like, whoa, they they said, if you don't send us, and it was like some random amount of money. It was like $473.63 to this Bitcoin account. I'm going to take all the data off of your computer, you know, and this is your login. So you think we're not serious, you know? And, and, and so are those attacks still very common, the ransomware? Yeah, for the small business, the business email compromise, which is similar to what happened to you, the laundering of money, and then the ransomware. And let me tell you, they all start with a phishing email. Every one of them starts with a phishing email. So people will send you an email and they'll want you to click on something. They'll want you to believe something. But let me tell you, the reason those folks had your login, because you had been phished earlier and they probably put something called a key logger on your computer. And then they watched every keystroke you did and they learned your login. So then they sent that back to you. They had been on your computer probably for a couple months. And this is the part that people don't understand. Watching what you 
click on in an email, what you what you hover over, you know, what you download from an email, you have to be careful because phishing is the number one way people are getting to us. I'd say 90%. It's probably higher. I mean, the, the experts say 90% of all of these attacks happen because of a phishing email. I think right now it's even higher because why should they come up with some crazy code to break into your system? They just send you an email about something that you would probably want to hear about because they did their research on you. They, they looked at your Instagram page. They know the names of your family. They know you like dogs. They know where you go to yoga. I mean, people put so much online. Right. I could spend 10 minutes and then I could send anybody I want a phishing email and get them to click on something because I can find out a lot about you. Wow. Wow. This is like... I, I, it's like the scared straight program here talking to you. Too. So, so is there insurance you can get to protect your business from cyber crime? Yes. And cyber, cyber security or cyber incident insurance for businesses has become very popular over the past, I'd say maybe 10, 10 years, but it just started becoming legit. I would say in the past two years, there's a lot of scammers out there. Yes, you need so cyber wait, crime. So wait, the scammers are scamming even with the insurance. Is that what you're telling me? There's some slick salespeople out there that are saying, oh, you need this policy. And then if you don't read all the fine print, you don't get very much out of it. So yes, there are people trying to take advantage of everyone thinks I need cyber insurance now. So guess what you should do? Go to your reputable insurance provider already. You probably have a small business insurance provider. That's what we did. We went to them and said, can we add a rider to our current policy that protects us from cyber incidents? But then you've got to read it. Many of them will give you money for a PR firm to help with reputation management after you've been scammed, or they'll give you the money for postage and stamps so that you can send everybody a letter if they were part of the breach that was, you know, impacted by your company. So you got to be really looking at what does it cover? What is that supposed million dollar umbrella? It doesn't just cover you getting cash back. It may cover a lawyer or a PR person, but there may not be any cash attached to it. And if you lost cash, you want to get your insurance to pay you back the cash. Sure. So check out who you're working with, read the fine print, have someone in your life who's a lawyer, read the contract. And, and don't sign anything and, and just, it, it shouldn't be that expensive for small businesses. So is you know? there any firms you can recommend? Cause I actually called my insurance company after my business was hit and they informed me that I did not have cyber insurance and they didn't offer me a rider. So there are there companies that you know that actually do have yes. really good cyber policies? Start with the big names. So I would Google probably top five small business insurance companies, uh, cyber insurance companies, and you'll see some of the big names. You know, don't go with a, a, a small company you've never heard of before. Go with some of the top five. They will have something and then compare shop, you know, find out what they're willing to give you for the amount of the cost. All right, good stuff. So what other, you know, if someone is hit by a cyber crime like my business was, what is the first thing they should do? I mean, I was advised by someone to call the F my accountant actually told me to call the FBI and I did file a report. And then later I ended up having to talk to the fraud investigation unit actually at my bank, you know, but they, they have tried to get my money back, but we haven't been successful, but they, yeah. they did try, they did make a request to the bank where it was sent. So That's they have great. to know that there's fraud. The Bank of China and Hong Kong, they, they have to know that, that something's going on, but they did make a request formally to get my money great. back. But it has yeah. not showed up as of late. So no. So for businesses with things like business email compromise, 
and ransomware and something similar to what happened to you, if they've lost a considerable amount of money, you want to call your local FBI field office right away. So you can't call them for $5,000, unfortunately. You know, we don't have enough cyber investigators in our government as it is at the federal, state, or local level. That's something we're working on. But if you've lost a significant amount of money, I would say 50000 or above, 100000 or above in the bigger cities, number one, call your local field office for the FBI. They want to help. If they have the ability to, they, they will do everything they can to try to get your money if it's quickly enough. So the second thing is you always need to call your bank right away and and secure whatever accounts you have, depending on what people might have access to. And then go to fraud support and go step by step. What we'll do is if you go to fraud support, you've been a business email compromise victim. That's where they sent you a phishing email. They logged into your computer as you. And this happens a lot in real estate. So for example, they'll say, hi, this is Linda, your real estate agent. I know we're closing on Friday, but I need you to wire the money to a new account. I've changed accounts. And this is where you need to wire the $140,000 deposit on your house. Then you wire it, you get to the closing on Friday and they say, I never got your money. But that person was coming from Joni's email box because they had taken over her account, similar to how they had taken over your account. Wow. That's called business email compromise. They'll tell like your HR person to send all of the taxes to a certain place, or they'll get in your accounts receivable or accounts payable department and say, oh, I need you to wire this money right away, or we're going to lose this piece of property. And so it almost always starts from a phishing email. But if that happened to you, you can go into fraudsupport.org and it'll tell you what are the first steps you should do? And then where should you report this? And then what are some steps you can take to recover from the damage? And then the most important thing I think is to improve your security after you've been a victim, because then you're paying a little bit more attention to it. It's hard to get people who have not been through this experience to do things like add two-factor authentication to their email account and, and, and some simple things, change their privacy settings on their, their Facebook account and those kind of things. So, But once someone's been a victim, they're more apt to actually want to do something. And so we have also on our website ways that you can reinforce your security and come out of it even better than you did before. Okay, that's good stuff. So it sounds like you guys are on it. So your website is the one fraudsupport.org. Is that absolutely? Yep. That's that's where you can triage yourself and figure out what in the world am I going to do? Start there. And then if you live in certain communities across the country, we have five or six states now where you can also call 211 and get help from a, a, a call specialist to help guide you where you need to go. But that's only available if it pops up on your screen. You'll see that if you go to fraud support, it's only in some areas. Okay. All right. Well, good stuff. So if someone wants to report this, they need to start with the FBI if it's over a certain amount. If it's under five, if it's like five thousand, ten thousand dollars, they just got to lump it. I mean, what do they do? Well, they come to our website and they will not report to the local field office, but they will fill out the IC3 form that goes to the FBI. And what the FBI can do then, if someone lost five thousand, I'll bet you six other people at the same time lost five thousand to the same bad guy. Like you said, they only ask for a little bit of money at a time a lot of times, but they'll take it from a hundred people, and then the FBI can put those cases together and look for patterns. And that's how they go after these big, you know, like mafia style, um, you know, right. uh, chains of, of folks. Well, I, I tell you, it, it was it's it's a very humbling thing to be, you know, a really intelligent person and have something like this happen to you. But yeah. I will say that 
the the local FBI field office in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is where I live, they were very nice to me. And one of the things that they said was, listen, it is extremely easy to get caught up in one of these scams. You really shouldn't feel like, you know, like you're somebody that's gullible or whatever. These people came at you how you did business. They studied you. They knew things about you. And they also knew how giving your heart was because they asked you to give away $100,000. That's right. They were pulling at your heartstrings during COVID. Who doesn't want to help people during COVID? This is the thing. COVID scams have gone up tenfold right now. The FBI Internet Crime Complaint Center was getting about 1,000 reports a day. They're getting 4,000 reports a day right now. I mean, it is just crazy what these bad guys are taking advantage of. So yeah, anybody who wants to give to charities, they're putting up fake charity sites. So just do your homework and just take your time, you know, really investigate stuff, but don't answer the door if someone knocks on it first. Well, you know, the other thing someone else suggested to me, and I want to give this resource to you, is someone said whenever someone comes at you in an email and claims they've been in their organization has been around five, 10 years, go to the waybackmachine.com and put that URL in and see if that website actually existed five years ago or 10 years ago, like they claim. So that's another thing you can do to double check internet crime or or someone saying, oh, we're with this charity that's been in business for 10 years. Go check it out. Uh, Waybackmachine.com is an archive 501c3 site that allows you to basically, they've been tracking 20 years worth of data on the internet. So that's another way. I love that. I um, learn from people all the time. We are going to put that on our website. That is yeah, awesome. Thank yeah, you. So someone told me the Waybackmachine.com really was something that could be helpful. And, and of course, now that people start pointing out things to me, I see all kinds of things mm-hmm. that are like scams. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like, it's like now I'm looking at stuff and looking at everything and, you know, Mm -hmm. checking the URLs and and, and and an email. If someone sends you an email, look at the email address that it was sent from. Hover over it. Hover over it with your mouse so you can see what's actually behind it. Sometimes there's just one letter misspelled. And if there's a link in something that says, oh, now click here to go there never click here to go there, like just H-E-R-E. Mm-hmm. Hover over it and see where it's actually sending you. It's like dot Russia or whatever. It's not, not the real deal. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I was actually talking to the fraud department at my bank last week and they were telling me that now the big scams are the, the CARES Act scams and that they're, all of their resources are being put to people fraudulently trying to get PPP money and EIDL money and all this kind of stuff. And that that's where I heard that accounting firms are getting money, getting contracts to do audits because there's so much fraud. They were saying that the government's already lost $76 million and counting. So it's the state of Michigan lot. had to stop giving out unemployment because they didn't know who if it was a real person or not. Well, I think some of that's going on in the state of Pennsylvania, too, because I know there are quite a few folks that have not yet received unemployment. And I think it's because they were slowing it down because of all the fraud. Yes. Yes. Um, which is a shame because then there's people out here who really need it, who have not gotten right. a dime. And this right. stuff is really, really, really scary. But listen, Kristen, mm-hmm. I am so appreciative that you came on the Small Biz Chat podcast. We are trying to help people. You know, the mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And that's what we're about today. So Kristen Judd, thank you so much. You're from the Cyber Crime Support Network. And you guys' website is once again... 
fraudsupport.org. Fraudsupport.org. All right. So if anybody, you got a friend or yourself, if you've been a victim of a scam online, please or, you know, a phone scam, anything like that, please go and check out her website and her resources. She is doing God's work out here. And I'm very appreciative, Kristen, of your time to come on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I will leave you all with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. And let's face it, some lessons just get to be more expensive than others. I am Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.